Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. With more than 35 years combined industry experience, Alex Husner and Annie Holcomb have teamed up to connect the dots between inspiration and opportunity, seeking to find the one story, idea, strategy, or decision that led to their guests' big aha moment. Join them as they highlight the real stories behind the people and brands that have built vacation rentals into the $100 billion industry it is today. And now, it's time to get real and have some fun with your hosts, Alex and Annie. Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. I'm Alex. And I'm Annie. And we are joined today with Francois Guello of Enzo Connect. Francois, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. And this is the highlight of my day today. So thank you. Oh, <laughs> this is the highlight of our day and our week. We've been in month, really. I mean, we've been yeah. looking forward to talking to you for, for so long now and just ex- so excited to hear about everything you have going on at Enzo Connect and uh, more importantly, just about you, because you in the time that we've we've grown to know you are just a uh, fireball of energy and creativity and <laughs> entrepreneurship. So uh, before we get started, can you give our audience just a little bit of background on on what they don't know about you, but some of the things that we might know and we're so impressed by? <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'll, I'll start with the, the demographics. So I'm uh, born in London, Lived, grew up in London, then moved to New York, then moved to Paris, then moved to Toronto. Um, I'm French, but from France, not from Canada, even though I live in Toronto. Everyone keeps thinking I'm Quebecois. Um, but, uh, and, you know, Enzo started off actually as a class project uh, back in 2019. I was at the University of Toronto studying computer science, cognitive science, focused in computational linguistics. Um, had to come up with a solution to an entrepreneurial problem. And it had to be robotics focused. And I really don't like robotics. So I went up to my prof and I said, can I do smart home devices instead? He reluctantly said yes, but he said, you're not going to win the $10,000 cash prize because all the judges are robotics. So I said, challenge accepted, Mario. (laughs) And um, first weekend, my best friend calls me up and he says, Francois, you're French. You don't know how to ski. You're trying to become Canadian. You don't know how to ski. You need to learn. (laughs) Um, So it was a very last minute trip. Uh, Friday afternoon, he we get in the car, we book uh, a vacation rental on the way. It was instant book on Airbnb. So we get one of those automated messages that just says key under the doormat, have a nice day. We get to the unit. He's frozen under the doormat, three centimeters of thick ice. Oh. And that's a good start to the guest experience. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it was pretty messy. We finally get in after prying the door open and the heating system was per room, but we couldn't figure that out until the end of the stay. So we all just slept in the living room. And then I don't know. it was just, it was a messy stay, but like in the millennials, we are, we're asking for like pizza delivery in the middle of nowhere, 11 PM, like as if I would be doing the same. Um, (laughs) Right. And then, um, yeah, five days after checkout, we get a text message saying we left one of the windows open in the kitchen, kitchen pipes froze. We own $5,000 and he's sending us to small claims court. Um, so that's what started Enzo. (laughs) <laughs> wow 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 but did you learn very... to ski but did you learn to ski that weekend so i learned uh pizza and fries go yep. and stop. yes yes um, yeah that's all you really that's need what to i know. learned yeah yeah that's what i figured that's yeah. all i know but yeah yeah turns out wow. you do not pizza stop if you're on a blue going super fast so no, I did not learn how to ski properly, but <laughs> I was beating all the kids on the baby one. Yes, oh, exactly. <laughs> the bunny slope, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. So was that an individual owner that you booked through on Airbnb or um, was it a professional no, company? It was a professional company. And funny enough, they ended up in one of our sales sequences. And I was like, guys, not this one. Not this oh one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Oh goodness. Add on another $5,000. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh like, gosh. hey, you were the inspiration behind this. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, we ended up winning the, the 10 grand and and initially we we started in a completely wrong direction. We were actually looking to build a, a property management system, um, which was mistake numero uno. Um, <laughs> this was pre-pandemic and we quickly realized there's enough PMS systems out there. So let's focus on what we do best, which is guest yeah. experience and work with the PMSs rather than against um, and that's what led to, to where we're at today and, you know, the different segments of the journey. I mean, there's been a lot of hiccups along the way. Let's, let's be real COVID being one of them, of course, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah. So your aha moment was that, that so, weekend, <laughs> I take it like that really started your spark of, yeah. of going down this path. For sure. I mean, it was a, it was a combination of one. I've always loved to travel. Um, so this was a great way for me to to mix, you know, a passion, which was traveling. I think it, it always gives you that sense of being a child again when you explore a new location mm-hmm. um, and having grown up in, in both having had the privilege of growing up in Europe and North America. I felt like my travel experiences within Europe and North America had gotten a bit stale. And so I started exploring Southeast Asia and Latin America and other places. And it kind of sparked that interest for travel again that year when, when that idea had sparked or when we had that issue with the ski trip. Um, but I would say the aha moment uh, for where Enzo Connect is today is when we started discovering the amount of pieces of tech that people were using to solve point-based solutions, yeah. how fragmented the industry mm-hmm. is on that, that uh, side of things and how it actually affects the guest experience, how important the guest experience is not just as the general topic that a lot of people have been using these days, but as a quantifiable metric for your the success of your business. Yeah, uh, reviews, yeah. you know, it's one of the key metrics for owners, owner retention, and even just your business in general to get more guests. Um, yeah. So yeah, there have been a few aha moments, quite frankly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. It, it's interesting. I, I was talking to a, a company the other day that I heard that they use 28 different systems to run their business. And, you know, from a scalability stance, that's the, it's, that makes it impossible. You can't have that many systems yeah. that your staff is having to use. And you know, the margin for error just increases more and more when you keep adding on more programs. And it's, you know, the way that property management systems were built within our industry, they started basically just as, as an accounting platform. That's the core basis of what a property management yeah. system is. But as things, you know, started to evolve and, and the needs of how the website was so important and the call center became so important and then how you streamline communications, I feel like a lot of the technology in our space is more, it's been kind of Jenga put together like block by block, but 100%. never was never was built years ago to know where it is now. And so some of the newer technology that's out there, I think they've had a better opportunity to, you know, look towards the future a little bit, a little bit better. But uh, also some of the some of those technologies also suffer from not understanding as much on what operators really need as their software. And I think what I what I love about what you guys have done is you really you're more than just an app. I think you really connect a lot of different assets of 
facets of the guest experience and the guest communication process from the time of booking all the way through post-stay um, with a unified inbox that makes things a lot easier for, for teams. I mean, your, your system actually does cater to kind of the legacy operators that have reservation teams. We aren't just online, you know, online agents. <laughs> so yeah. it, can you tell us a little bit more about Enzo and, and what you've built and where you stand? hundred percent. Right yeah. So, you know, after this whole PMS conversation and realizing we're not going down that path, um, <clears throat> COVID hit and we were still, you know, exploring a bit the industry, trying to understand the, the key problems people were facing. And um, part of the solution that we had pitched and, and, and started building was around communication. And so what we had started building out was a unified inbox. That was the first piece of tech we built, um, text, email, WhatsApp, Airbnb message with plans of even integrating social media platforms uh, in the near future and started layering a lot of basic automations, AI-driven decision-making systems. So whether it's sentiment analysis, context analysis, or even chatbot-like features. Um, but one, it wasn't enough. And two, the automations that we started people started seeing people use were overkill and were overkill to the point that it was actually damaging the guest experience because they were sending so many messages to the guests to automate different aspects that guests, they didn't care. They don't care about all this. They just want to know when can I check in and that's it. Yeah, sure. Right. I need to send you my passport, my IDs and my this and my, I don't care. What's the code? I just want to get it. Right. And so at the end, I think it was in January of this year, actually, we, we launched a very small proof of concept around uh, the boarding pass. And I was very pleasantly surprised. That's where things started uptaking for us very quickly. Um, and we signed like 300 accounts in the first month, which we had never done that before. Nice. We had, you know, very, very fewer accounts at the time. Um, and it evolved rapidly. You know, it started off with a way for you to just display the check-in information and collect some emails. Then we had customers come in and they were like, well, I want to do verification. And then other customers came in, I want to do upsells. I want to do smart locks. I want to do this. I want to do that. And so we started approaching all the different companies in the space that do these different pieces, AutoHost on the verification, uh, you know, Annie with um, HostCo on upsells or Mount with upsells and started looking at all these different pieces and thinking, well, how can we bring all of this under one umbrella? So it's just one link you send to guests and that's it. And we partnered with a lot of these companies. But then what we realized was, well, people want to use things based on their business. Like every, and this is something Steve Milo actually iterated at, at Verma, which is, Every owner, every property manager, every guest, every property is different in the vacation rental space. That's what makes this industry so unique compared to the hotel industry where very standardized and so on. Vacation rental, we're looking for standardization. Right. Um, so using that same customization engine of the messaging, we applied it to the boarding pass so that you could start saying, if this channel, run the verification with these guys, if this type of guest, upsell this, if... Uh, this, you know, business like franchise or sub property group, run it that way and really customizing all the different segments um, so that you're not forced into this sort of pigeonhole or one guest experience. And that's it. It's your business. You choose how you want to run it. We're just connecting all these different tools that you're using and letting you choose how you want to use them based on your business rules. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's been fun. <laughs> and that's, that's just amazing. And to that point, like... You know, I, I, 
talking with people and I, and like just throughout my, my industry experience, like I started out in hotels, moved over to vacation rentals and went to OTA and and been the whole circle. But that's always been like the issue is like, there's all these pieces of technology that were kind of sitting out there that were great and they were functional. But the problem was they, they weren't agile enough to work for vacation rentals because you, like you said, everything within one company can be so inherently different. So I think what you've been able to do is you've built this technology or, or created this connection of technology where it is agile and it can just function based on what the needs exactly. are of the of the property manager. So growth for you, scalability for you must just be limitless at this point. That, that's the objective. And, and actually, there's two pieces to the growth side of things on how we built Enzo Connect that makes this, um, you know, not to sound arrogant, but like a billion dollar idea. And I, I do really think so is the fact that um, the architecture of our system, so connection with a lot of different tools is a big piece because it's no longer a rip and replace. I don't go to you as a property manager and say, hey, rip your existing tech stack, use mine, it's better because X, Y, Z. I say, no, keep what you've got, replace Mm -hmm. certain pieces if you want to, but make it work together so that you don't make mistakes updating, oh, I forgot to update that system, so this didn't get sent out, and human error, which can happen, but also tech error because it's not communicating uh, between each other. But the, the real bit, I'd say the secret sauce that you guys get to, to, to know here um, that I think I'd shared at, at Verma is how we built our infrastructure. We didn't build it around properties. We built it around guests, which means with enough guests being processed through Enzo Connect, we can start seeing patterns. And we've already started seeing few, but enough to know that this is the right direction on guest behaviors based on demographics, based on where they're coming from, you know, what if they're traveling for business. And we're collecting all of that information, not just through the boarding pass, but through messaging, knowing their sentiment, knowing what types of questions they ask, so that we can infer insights for future property managers and upsells, additional revenue opportunities. Basically, if you book a property on Enzo Connect today, and tomorrow you book another property from a completely different property manager who's also Enzo Connected, I can tell that second property manager, by the way, Alex and Annie had rented out their properties to to Bob, and this is the experience they had, and these are the reasons, so we suggest doing this, this, and that. Um, And I I think it creates kind of a community from a data perspective. Obviously, there's a lot of limitations, privacy, and segments that we have to go through before we can really go down that path. But that's really, I I love that you built it based on guests versus on properties. I think that's that's really poignant statement. So how do you foresee that communication on the data sharing working? Um, If I book at one company, but then I book at another company and they both use Enzo Connect, like where, how do you connect those dots in a way that's meaningful? Either is it meaningful to the guest to know, or or is it to the property manager? Like does the guest make an account with Enzo Connect or how does that work? No. So the, the guest doesn't get anything other than a web app. It's a link that we send through our messaging system, text, email, WhatsApp, Airbnb, et cetera. They open that link and it's pretty much everything they need for their state. Verification, check-ins, smart locks, upsells, guidebooks, all branded with the property manager's logo, social yep. media tags, and so on. Uh, they have no application to download. They can add it to their Apple wallet and so on. The data that we're inferring and collecting throughout their process, so as they're opening up the guidebooks and reading information, as they're purchasing certain upsells or putting in certain data points, travel reasons, emails, phone numbers, we're centralizing that at the Enzo level. Uh, Now, you still own that data. You can use our CRM to to retarget them. You can export it. It's your data. We're not going to do, we're not monetizing it for um, selling it to third party or anything like that. However, we're going to infer insights that 
you know, we can't necessarily share the names. We can't necessarily share personal data on past historical upsells, but we can infer what should be done. So if I know Bob is traveling for business and every time he travels for business, uh, he purchases an early check-in. Now let's say he books a new property and I see that Bob has booked this new property, is also traveling for business. And because we collected the flight number and connect to flight awareness and know, hey, the flight is late, we know he's going to, or actually the flight is early. I guess that would be the example. We know he's going to purchase an early check-in. So let's push that upsell to the guest. Okay. New revenue stream for the operator and a better experience for the guest because you proactively provided a service Maybe you provide it for free because you already know he, he's going to need it. And that's just going to be that extra thing that made right. his trip even better, whatever it is, however you want to to do it. But optimizing on a more granular level and personalizing, but really personalizing, not saying personalized because we use his name in a message like that's not personalization. We'll be back in a minute after a word from our premier brand sponsor, Wheelhouse, the ultimate revenue driving machine. You know, things that have gotten us through the last three to four years has been a rigorous and strict budgeting process and really looking at our numbers, not only the finances, but forward looking as we can be in terms of sales numbers, revenue management, We're leveraging some of the best tools in the industry. We use Wheelhouse um, as a way of managing rates because we've moved from the very kind of traditional um, block season rates. And um, when you move into daily pricing, essentially 365 pricing seasons, all those complex rate rules that go into that, you realize the amount of data you're now working with and you need a sophisticated tool in order to be able to manage that. That's Robin Cragen, president and founder of Moving Mountains. Robin and his wife, Heather, manage a portfolio of 200 luxury homes and ski chalets in Steamboat Springs, Breckenridge, Vail, and Beaver Creek, Colorado. Robin shared with us his thoughts on the current state of revenue management and vacation rentals and why this area of the business is so important to homeowner relations. It's more in tune with how we look at revenue management than uh, what we had been hearing in the past. I think the the early iterations of uh, revenue management were our tool is great. It can react to the market. You can just set it, turn it on, and it will do the pricing for you. And quite frankly, I, that scared scared the bejesus out of me. I mean, just the idea of letting a machine make a decision. You know, rate management is complicated because it's one thing that you're reacting to what's going on in the marketplace, but we also need to consider the goals and objectives of every individual owner. And we have owners that are very specific about minimum revenue per night. They do, they do not want to receive just a few hundred dollars per night for renting their home. It's significant, meaningful revenue for them. And they and our owners really worry about wear and tear. And so they they don't want to see high occupancy. We have to balance that our business interest is to rent their home. But in their interest, we also need to preserve their asset. We asked Robin how he made the decision to go with Wheelhouse over other pricing tools. So we liked that about Wheelhouse, that it was more of a manageable expense. It's a per unit cost. But also, you know, we weren't just sold on, on the pricing structure. I think the tool they've developed is extremely easy to use. It's very intuitive. We heard it, Darren. John Derule gave this great presentation where he was uh, explaining that it's about presenting you with the information that allows you to make good decisions and distilling that down into decisionable data so that you, as the supercomputer, that is essentially, you know, human beings are still smarter than machines, point that you can make that interpretation of 
what do I need to do to move the needle for this property for that week? We're still learning to, to use some of these tools, but I think distilling down a ton of information that's out there in the marketplace is helping us to make better decisions. So I, it, one, one thing that I have noticed too about PMSs is the, the guest automation communications, whether it's the confirmation, the pre-arrival, the post days, like that's, that's also really not a, a, the core competency of a PMS. And I think that's, that's kind of what drew me to you several months ago when we first started talking that I was just curious yep. to see how, how y'all were doing it because in a similar fashion, um, when I was at Condo World, we used a company called Revenate that so- sent out all of our pre-arrivals, confirmations, um, as well as our actual email marketing promotions. But um, I, I think it's a hard thing to have within a software. So, I mean, what do you see, what do you foresee? Like, do you foresee Enzo? I know you do some white labeling, but like, do you see software companies really just bringing you into the fold or do you think that they're going to continue to try and figure out and replicate the technology that that you've built or where, where do you see the convergence within the, those two sides? I mean, I think, you know, there will be companies, there will be PMSs that will continue to want to be it all and build it all. And, and that's good. And, and, you know, to each their own. I think it's more of a land grab and time to time to market kind of question, if anything, mm-hmm. is as a property management system, you have thousands of things to look at. I mean, yeah. channel management and owner this and guests and accounting and financials. And I, I mean, I couldn't even list everything. And I'd written actually my whole thesis uh, for my master's, I'd written it on convergence of hospitality technology. Um, and the the take behind it, the research that we that we had done on this was there's four, potentially five now, I've learned after the thesis was was submitted, um, key verticals. And while the PMS is trying to be all five verticals, which would be, you know, cleaning, uh, maintenance operations, uh, guest experience, revenue management, uh, dynamic pricing, that segment, and then accounting, which mm-hmm. could be tied within revenue management. Um, I think, and of course, you could keep going on additional verticals, sure, but I think yeah. they can fit within those pillars. Um, for them to want to build everything is complicated. None of them have succeeded. Even the ones that have raised hundreds of millions of dollars still have a marketplace, still have a lot of usage. And in fact, I would quote Muse, one of the property management systems in the hotel space that actually sees more success with their operators, the more tools they have. Now, I don't think it has to do with the quantity of tools, but the fact that the tools that they're able to use are focused. They are specialized in one thing and they're the best in that vertical. Now, how wide that vertical is to be, to be determined, but I think the property management system side of things is potentially too wide to cover it all. Um, Messaging-wise, to answer your question a bit more, uh, specifically Alex, you know, Guessy has a very powerful unified inbox. No questions asked. Host away as well. Um, doesn't matter. Like we two-way synchronize with most of these systems. So whether you use ours, theirs, it doesn't matter because there's additional value around the boarding paths that customers are using. And then if they do want to make a shift because we have additional functionalities around AI, this, whatever, go for it. At the end of the day, our approach, we're kind of like the Labradors, I like to say in this industry, we're not the pit bulls, (laughs) is not like, we're not trying to replace things and we're trying to connect all of it in a way that makes sense. And then you choose what you want to use. Um, If you want Want 28 tools? Go for it. Not a problem. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah exactly. Not recommended, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And property managers so, can customize all these journeys themselves, right? So, I mean, if, the, if that, sure. then this tech, um, uh, yeah. 
that back end, that's all on our side to make adjustments to. Yeah, that's great. Exactly. That's great. Very cool. Exactly. Very cool. So let's talk a little bit about you. We want to know about you. <laughs> and I mean, just one of the things you left out and in, in when you gave your initial demographics was your age and you're, you're, you're young, yeah. right? But you're, how old are you? Yeah. 25. 25. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and you've, you've done a lot and you've, you've built a lot and your growth trajectory is just huge for somebody at that age. But um, yeah. talk, talk about like, I mean, just what your entrepreneurial journey has been like. I mean, how, did you know from a very young age that this is, this is what you wanted to do and, and wanted to lead a team of technologists and developers? And is it, did you always know that? Yes and no. <laughs> like I, I always, I always had an entrepreneurial uh, vibe, if you will. Like my first non-official venture was selling snowballs in France to people at the park because I had the this little machine that can make the perfect round snowballs from the New York. Scooper. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, the scooper. Yeah. And <laughs> in France, yeah. nobody like it never snows. And I think it was back in 2013, it started snowing enough to make real snowballs. And I'd I'd put them up on the I lived in a, a city called Saint Germain-en-Laye, which had a, a beautiful view of Paris. It was on a um, a plateau. And so I'd put it on the the I guess the ramp the what do you, would you call it the fence line all these snowballs and people started taking pictures and I was like hey wait a minute that's my IP so I started charging them and then I started gamifying <laughs> it being like if you throw a snowball and hit my snowball then I'll give you your money back and like oh. if it was an old lady oh, I'd make sure to put her really far away so she couldn't wow. hit it you know really well optimized um, <laughs> that's oh definitely so, the most unique really, first business yeah. <laughs> or job it was that not an official that we've asked on the show. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, I love it. Wow. Definitely not an official business. Um, when I was even younger <laughs> than that, my dad had, you know how Amex sends you um, these fake credit cards or they used to send you the fake ones to kind of show you what it looks like. Right. And yeah, so yeah. I don't know why, but they sent him so many of these and I started trading them. Like it was real currency. I got in trouble for it. So I like to say <laughs> my business got acquired by the principal. Uh, oh, um, <laughs> so, I mean, I've always been inclined to do right. something and, and, and have that entrepreneurial fire for sure. Uh, but I didn't know that it was going to happen right after university. Um, I thought it was going to be more traditional, go through my master's program, you know, go to a software engineering gig and, you know, one of the big tech companies. And then once I get fed up then start my own thing, or once I have a bit of money then start my own thing, um, this kind of just landed on my lap. I mean, I was, I was, given this opportunity to join this course, we started this thing, we won the money. I was starting a master's of entrepreneurship at Cambridge in, in the UK. And I was like, this kind of all aligns. Let's keep doing it. Let's see yeah. what happens. And, and then now it's like, there's no, I mean, first of all, there's no way out of this. Like I've signed up for this. <laughs> there's no going <laughs> <Right>. back. There's, <laughs> there's no going back. Here. Can't go away now. Right? Um, yeah. But either way, I'm loving it. Like it is the best thing ever. It's the most uh, time consuming, tiring, and, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's being a, a founder is, is one of the most exhausting jobs, but it's so fun and I get to meet people from around the world. So, um, yeah. I love it. It clearly fulfills <laughs> you and, and you like, sure. just, you just, you have this energy that, that it radiates from you. And I remember, I think it was Julie George was the first person that, um, had brought you up at least to me. And I think it was probably to Alex too. And we were both like, there's no way this kid, like he's yeah, so young. Yeah. Like, she's, she's just, she's like blowing smoke. Like this can't be for real. And like the more we got to like read about you and like connect with you. And, and it's just like, you had a brilliant idea and you weren't afraid to just go after it. And I think that that's just, that's such a great 
story to anybody that just, you know, if you, if you have something, just you have an idea, right. go after it. I mean, it might not work. Yeah. It might work. And it, and if you can, if you can drive any sort of passion from it, like that's what life is all about is finding those sure. little moments that'll drive you forward. So I, I wanted to touch on that. Like, so you, you're young, um, you come up with this incredible idea. You start going to meet with people. So were you meeting with property managers that were like, I have like bed linens that are older than you. Like, I mean, were they, just, they, were just, yeah. they were just like, you don't know anything about this business. I mean, did you find that that your age was maybe a, a barrier that you had to find a way to really hone your, your pitch, your delivery of, of the product in such a way that you, you could overcome that? Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, first off, I had no, I, I don't come from this industry, which I think is something that is, beneficial for a tech company because I come in from a tech perspective. I don't come in as I was a property manager and these are the problems I faced. Therefore, I built this. Sure, that's what you faced, but every other property manager may have not faced that same problem. So I I get a bit more of a a step back on how this industry works. You know, I came in with, I didn't even know what a channel manager was. Um, (laughs) Simon Lehman taught me what a channel manager was. You know what I mean? I I was there. I was just like, like, whoa, this is so cool. Like, so many of our problems, you know? Yeah. Um, so no, I, I didn't have any experience in the space other than, you know, being on the guest side of things, which, which could conflict on how we would build the tech. But, um, two pieces to that was one building the best team ever. Like this is not, this is not a me show, even though I'm the one on videos, although I'm going to start externalizing that to the team, it is a team, uh, thing, yeah. you know, we've, I've got the best engineers. I've got the best marketing. I've got the best design. I've got the best onboarding oscar has been killing it on the onboarding i can't even imagine uh kudos to oscar for that but um the age has been a handicap in some cases um i remember uh a few examples where that question would be brought up as part of negotiations as if it had any impact so you know it takes longer to build that credibility in the industry at at my age because i don't have that 20 years of, of experience and so on but you meet the right people, you persevere, you keep going, you don't give up and people start listening slowly and surely. And now, now they're coming to me for consulting. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, 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 so, it's, yeah. it's so crazy. And I would echo the same thing that you said that I get asked a lot if I've had a challenge, you know, rising up in, in business because I'm a woman. And I've always yeah. said that I really think that it's, I had more of a challenge in my early days because I was young than, mm. and I was judged more for being young at that time that I was about your age, really, or a couple of years younger when I got yeah. into vacation rentals and tourism in our area here. And it was more just that people just didn't trust that you knew what you were talking about. And to be yeah. honest, I probably didn't. So, because <laughs> it yeah. takes experience, yeah. <laughs> it takes experience, you know, and For sure. once, you know, once I, I quickly got that experience, but, but just like you said, it takes meeting the right people and leveraging those moments of confidence to be able to continue to push yourself forward. And um, I, it's, it's exciting to see, I think our industry is becoming, has certainly since then become more accepting of younger people coming into the yep. fold because technology has just, you know, that that's such a, big part in it <laughs> that we oh, need sure. younger people that have been you know brought up with this tech for sure and i would also add like trust you know when the the trust factor around uh the people that we work with as well which took time initially you know landing that first yeah. customer landing that yeah. first investor yeah. and so on but then it's a it's it gets the the machine going and once you get yeah. the machine going like right now i'm at a phase where i can comfortably say we have product market fit we still have to work on our distribution strategy we still have to work on on certain things but um it's gotten to a point where if someone doesn't 
isn't sure, I can just be like, well, look at the hundreds of property managers. We have 20,000 properties on our platform now. Sure. It's yeah. like, yeah, you know, if you don't trust me, ask them, you know, yeah. and it's, it's, yeah. that has, but it took time. I mean, my first customer who's also happened to be a my well, second investor was uh Jetstream, where basically okay. it was kind of a weird, weird thing, but I had won the city of Toronto entrepreneur of the year for this pitch competition. So it's 2019 pre-pandemic. We want to build this PMS thing. We've got a proof of concept and we've got like one property manager um, with like 60 properties on it, you know, and that's pretty much it. And we win this, this pitch competition from entrepreneur organization. And I meet this guy called Daniel Dubois, who is, I think like head of Airbnb for Canada at the time and Eastern USA or, or a piece of the Eastern East coast. And he puts me in touch with Mike uh, from Jetstream. And I pitched them what I want to do and, and they believed in it and they were, you know, very, um, very positive. Then COVID hit it's the worst time to follow up with them. Yeah. Um, but two, three months later, he follows up with me and we keep conversation going. We're talking about, you know, potentially us joining their team. Like there were different conversations. And then I just said, why don't you invest uh, some money and let's see what happens. And, you know, it kind of led one way to one thing led to another. And it, it was really just a, a snowball effect, if you will, of customers, investors, partners, and people to meet. Um, and yeah, big kudos to, to Jetstream and obviously our very first investor creator fund that probably took the biggest risk because they put in their money six days before Trump closed the borders. Oh, and okay. yeah, that day when, when the borders were closed, everyone else backed out real quick for wow. investing yeah. in anything travel yeah. related. So yeah, okay. um, big kudos to, to creator fund for that. But uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a, you know, <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll there's, there's no straight line uh, in, in any of these <laughs> types sure. of journeys. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's exciting. exciting. I don't know. Yeah. I stay positive. The other thing is being young, I've got, you know, people say nine to five, I've got 12 hours in the day, maybe 14. Yeah. You got the energy. seven days a week. <laughs> Yeah, I got the energy to keep going. So, yeah. you know, yeah. the difference is maybe, yeah, I don't have the experience, but I've got double the amount of time that, right. you know, someone with 20 experience has to learn and yeah. to figure yeah. it out. So, true. you know, mm-hmm. they say it takes 10,000 hours to be an expert in a subject. Goldman Sachs pays their employees very well because they expect them to work 14 hours to get that 10,000 hours right. in a, yeah. a shorter time frame. So it's kind of the same idea with Enzo. It's like, hey, how much can I learn? quickly about how this industry works so i can be you know not just thought leadership but i can know what the hell i'm talking about right yeah <laughs> um, yeah, yeah 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 that's how i see wow. it i don't know yeah. no it's a great perspective it's a great perspective yeah. so what what do you think is i mean coming into vacation rentals and not knowing the industry what do you what would you say is the biggest challenge for you right now i mean what what's what's the thing that keeps you up at night Um, so I mentioned distribution. We, one of the things that we did was instead of integrating with all the PMSs and then kind of figuring out how to make good technology, we decided to do the entire opposite, which was let's build really good technology and integrate to few systems and then work our way in. So, I mean, right now, the thing that's keeping me up at night is how quickly can we increase that distribution strategy? Now that we know that product is working, product is good. Um, I want to move fast. Um, and, um, I mean, there's so many things, Alex, Annie, that keep me up at night. I, if you think about it, like, <laughs> there's just so many things. Like, it's 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 probably bad, but everything. The the team making sure everyone's happy and uh, yeah. everyone feels like they've got the right purpose here. 
um, you know, where we're headed in a, in a few months, some of the new features that are coming out um, and how we're going to hire people. Because right now we're going through a hiring process and I'm, as I mentioned earlier, like I'm HR, I'm recruiting, I'm everything. But like, yeah. when do you, when do you hire a recruiting person? Like when, right. after yeah. 20 people, after 30 people, like, I don't know. That's a great question. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Steve, I think Steve, Steve yeah. Trover could help you out there for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. That man, that man has a system down to, to help people out. But so I wanted to ask you, um, you know, there's all these pieces of technology. And I think that one of the things that Alex and I have identified is that out of COVID came collaboration, out of COVID mm-hmm. yeah. came innovation, um, out of COVID came a sense of purpose and place that vacation rentals had not been experiencing before. Industry has been around for a really long time. We've all been struggling to try, try to get our footing, get our place in the sun. We have it. Um, so for you, what do you think is the next logical step for, for Enzo connect? Like, do, do you, do you foresee you taking this and rolling it out and like uh, replicating into like different business models for different types of industries? Or, you know, I just it feel like you have this, this mind that's constantly working because you're not sleeping at night because you're up thinking about all these things. <laughs> um, where, like, where do you, where do you see all this going for you with, with, again, there's a huge spotlight on our industry. Like how, how can you, you Francois and Enzo take it, take advantage of that spotlight? Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to stick to the hospitality industry. I, I I love this space. I mean, whether it's hotels, vacation rentals, th- what you mentioned about, you know, community and, and people coming together. I see this in our industry more than any other industry that I've, you know, oh, definitely. Yeah. At. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. one big family and even yeah. competitors, even, you know, whatever. It's like, everyone's kind of, we're all working towards the same goal in that sense. Yeah. yeah um, totally agree. I, I think there's a way for us. So, you know, we've been focused on the professional operators at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so people, there's no limit necessarily in listing count, but really people who are looking to scale a business, if you're running just a side gig hustle and that's it, we're not necessarily going to be the right fit. But if you're looking to build a business and scale it and get it to you know, 50, 100, 500 properties, that's really what we focus on. And what I'm interested in is actually, there's one key vision I would say behind Enzo Connect is to provide the same quality and experience as hotels have for years, especially luxury hotels, but for all vacation rentals. Basically bringing that set of standardization and experience that hotels are are strong on, but in a digital, international, global format where you can run uh, almost automated but personalized uh, hospitality business and focus your team and your efforts on what matters in hospitality, which is the human connection, not you know, just everything that has to be automated in the operations and the cleaning and the this and the accounting, et cetera. Um, I think there's an opportunity for us to move both uh, towards the hotel market further. We are in boutique hotels. We are in this sort of, you know, middle ground of what you would consider hotels. I'm not sure if they're mm-hmm. hotels, vacation rentals, they're like semi-condo-like. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, it's condo like that. resorts. Yeah. You have like. Condo hotels. Yeah. Con- yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, but start moving more towards traditional uh, hotels for sure, and downstream towards individual operators. Although that one, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like because it would have to be super self served because um, the CAC yeah. LTV and all that doesn't make sense <laughs> mm-hmm, um, yeah, at right. this stage. But anyway, that's that's numbers. Um, look, I think we can conquer the hospitality space and be as big as you know 
what's how do you pronounce Amadeus? Amadeus. Amadeus. Sorry, my French comes out sometimes, and I don't. Amadeus. It sounds cooler when you say Amadeus. So I do think there's an opportunity for us to be as big. I do think the guest experience vertical is one that we can conquer, and but we just got to keep our heads down for now and and keep you know working on both the technology and relations with our partners and and growing it out for more property managers, um, really. I love that you say that. And Annie and I talk about this on the show a lot, that it's like hospitality is really, that's what we all do at the end of the day. So whether it's a timeshare, whether it's a vacation rental, whether it's a, it's a hotel, whether it's a campground, you know, it's still that we're all providing a hospitality experience to guests and hopefully a good one, but it, there's a lot more similarities in what we all do than there are differences. And I think there's for many years, there's just been kind of a, a hard line between like for, um, vacation rentals and timeshare, for example, like very, very, very hard line. And we talk about convergence or just opportunities really to work together between different verticals. And I know in our market in Myrtle Beach, we've been able to see that and prove that. And I think also where Annie is too in Panama City Beach, but it is, it's a lot of it, I feel like is market dependent for how, you know, different sides can work together. But, you know, as far as you guys are concerned, the technology, it it should apply really for, for any type of inventory. So I think that's the really cool, that makes it the billion dollar idea 100%. that you mentioned, because they're there, you're not, you're not limited to just one type of accommodation. So that's for that's sure. Great. What, yeah. One of the first slides when I demo the product or when our team demos the product is our customers. And we don't do it to say like, Oh, look at the brands. We actually yeah. do it to show look at the diversity, you know, look yeah, at, we've got that. yeah, a yeah. glamping site. We've got a hotel, very traditional, you know, boutique Parisian type hotel, but we also have this cool modern, uh, one called nap York. It's like fully autonomous pods in New York. Yeah. You just walk oh. in sleep Japanese style. So it's really, you get to craft both on the real estate size aside on the experience side, what, what you dream about in your hospitality business. And we're just mm-hmm. that tech player in the background, connecting the dots to make that dream happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then looking at the business models as well. I mean, you know, we talk about co-hosting, arbitrage, franchise, all these different business models that are appearing within hospitality that I think are unique. I don't have a position on who's going to win. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be a combination, but being able to surface that as well is uh, fairly important. My main thing is just this industry can be standardized. It absolutely can. Yeah. Um, it's just tech companies are not currently really, we're not actually um, leading towards that because of the amount of tech players that are coming out because of all the opportunities that can come for tech players. We're actually adding to this fragmentation on both the guest side, making it completely disparate. Nobody knows what's going on. Right. I mean, I've got a property manager I spoke to who was like, oh, you guys have verification. I've been getting emails uh, with passport information. And yeah, some guests complain. I'm like, no way guests complain. I would never send you my passport <laughs> right. information via email. Are you crazy? Yeah, no kidding. So yeah. education, you know, and, and, and solving that fragmentation will lead to standardization in this space. Yeah. I think yeah. standardization, but I think to a certain extent, that's where it's been so hard for people outside of our industry to really get their handle on it because 
perfect example. Now in my new role at Casago, we are a franchise model and every market operates a little bit different. I mean, you have some some markets yeah. where they have one centralized um, linen facility. You have some that they they do the linens in the unit because the units are very, very far spread out from each other. And yeah. it, it's that creates a lot of different operational challenges for vacation rentals that technology really can't necessarily solve for that. Um, in our Myrtle Beach market, we are a Saturday to Saturday market. So we are when you check out at 10, those eight bedroom houses got to be cleaned by three o'clock. I mean, you only have a limited amount yeah. of hours. So the, the different operational things like that is where it's the rubber meets the road in our industry and where sure. good, good operators can figure out a way to do it. But it's it's not as simple as as technology can sometimes make it seem. But 100%. Yeah. I think our goal at the end of the day is to be like Shopify of guest experience. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. every website is different. But yeah. they all have that sort sort of same architecture in the background. But yeah. they'll have different designs. They'll have different checkout links. They'll sell different products. They'll do things differently. Um, and we're just going to focus on the guest experience because it's a big enough segment. And I have no interest in, in getting into revenue management and yeah. operations yeah. cleaning. Like, That's oh smart. my goodness, I, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to stick yeah. to what I like. Yeah. Um, so, and then also just because I respect so much the companies that are out there in those verticals that are already doing such a fantastic job. I mean. Breezeway cleaning, turnover BNB, wheelhouse, yeah. price labs. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's people that are it. really focused. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. focus on the things that you can focus on, right? Like For that. Sure. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so uh, I think I would love to have you back later this time next have, year. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you're going to have a lot of announcements. You'll have an HR days. manager by then. You'll have an HR <laughs> manager. You will, you will have a team. You will have a yeah. team of, of people handling your PR and scheduling. So still get my cell phone. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have your WhatsApp so we can get you at any yeah. time now. Um, so looking forward, what do you think, um, just before we wrap up, what do you think is Yep. Maybe an item that the industry is not focused enough on and probably should be. We love to ask everybody because there's very different perspectives depending on what angle you're coming from. Um, and I'm really curious to what you think mm-hmm. is just that item that we're not focused enough attention on. Um, oh, that's a very powerful question. A lot of answers to that. Um, <laughs> I love how we said this is going to be unscripted and you're sending me this type of question. That's a curveball. I have too many answers. No, no, I love it. I, love yeah, it. I, love it. I, I would say one underestimated element is um, around upsells. I mean, I've been talking about this for, for a long time. And, you know, even though it's one of the verticals of what we do, um, it's it's not our core focus. But I think there's additional opportunities around upsells. There's additional opportunities around data collection. And I think furthering the direct booking movement. Um, people building brands, professionalization of this industry. Like these are trends that are happening in real time that we should double down on, that we should be excited by, that these yeah. brands are going to come out and we're going to have, it's either going to go multiple brands, a bunch of small brands, or it's going to go Hilton, Marriott. You know, we were already seeing it, Vacasa, V-Trips, Avance, like these big brands that are starting to get known in the world. Um and all of that, I think, is going to come from guest experience. It's going to come from your direct booking strategy. Sure. And that direct booking strategy is going to come from the data you collect, which includes upsells, which includes you know sentiment or all of the different factors around uh, the guest experience. Because one interesting data point, and I, I know we have to wrap it up here, but is uh, email marketing versus SMS marketing. 
email marketing represents less than 7% open rates. When you send that mail, MailChimp blast to your past guests, less than 7% open. So I can only imagine what the actual conversion metrics behind that is. Yeah. Via SMS, it's 85% open rates because that little blue dot is really annoying and you're just going to open that just right. to get rid of the notification. <laughs> but that's yeah. enough to get, you know, 10 words about something personal, something, you know, from a previous experience in that stay and let people remember that Airbnb is yellow pages, that the OTAs are yellow pages, that you're building a hospitality business, not an Airbnb business, and that you need to shine that at, through your brand, your experience. I think you guys just had um, Auntie Belly's. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, Auntie Belly's. Yeah, yeah, Lauren. Yeah. 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 And like, oh my God, the brand. I mean, these things, her TikToks entertain me on LinkedIn. They're so great. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So creative. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's cool. It builds a brand and it builds that family like hospitality, you know, friendly environment that I know the vacation rental industry is so well known for. So I think we, there's going to be extra efforts on that. And I'm hoping to be a, a part of that, that sort of, you know, advancements. If that you happens. will be. As far as the, the SMS side, are you speaking for like promotions through SMS or automations through SMS? Both automated promotions. I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest with you, Francois. I there's nothing I despise more than text message promotions. And I'll I'll challenge you a little bit on the on the emails too, because our emails um, when I was previously at Condor World, I mean, we were getting twenty five to thirty percent on promotional emails on on automated emails. Sure. Uh, uh, those were fifty to sixty percent. Uh, but I don't know. I, I could be proven wrong. So no, if you if you sure. come up with a really great way, I, just, <laughs> I, I feel like text messages. It's your texts are more personal to you versus an email. We've all become accustomed to. You're getting a bunch of different things in there. Yeah. So that when a text comes in, I'm thinking, oh, it's Annie, you know, <laughs> or it's Francois. Yeah. But then if I see if it's Nine West, I'm like, oh, that's annoying. I don't need to talk to them right now. But if I it was Manola Blanc, if you would answer it, no, maybe <laughs> <laughs> it was the spa. Louis Vuitton gets a pass, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. The thing is, I think it depends on the experience you had before, quite frankly. And you're right. The data is going to be different. Some are way more successful at email campaigns than others and so on. Um, I think there's trends as well. Um, people get fed up about a certain way of doing yeah. things over a certain True. amount of time. Like emails in general. Now we're starting to get so many emails about this yeah. promotion, that company, yeah. this, that, yeah. you know, cold calling is coming back for a lot yeah. of companies. Direct mail is coming um, back. <laughs> yeah. Direct mail as yeah. well. Yeah. Exactly. Like we're yeah. shifting between different strategies. but. My overall take would just simply be that, you know, it, there's not a single path, there's multiple paths, but there will be a path towards shining brands and driving more direct bookings uh, for a lot of companies. Um, and I'm I'm really hoping to see these brands become big staple names in our industry and in, in the world for people to know that yeah. they're booking, you know, hospitality accommodations from professional operators. Yeah. So I think yeah, that's, absolutely. that's what excites me the most. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I you heard it here first. Sure. I'll, I'll share some data. <laughs> <laughs> you can come back next year and give us some data. This is great. So, um, yeah. Francois, just, I could talk to you. Like we say, we could talk to people all day long, but you just, your energy is infectious. Um, your passion is Appreciate evident. Um, we, we were just so fortunate to meet you finally at Vermont. And I just hope that we can connect again throughout all of the, you know, the coming months and years. Um, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? If you want to learn more about Enzo Connect, you can go on our website and book a demo. Um, super simple. There's a big book a demo button. Uh, if you want to reach out to me personally, feel free to send me an email. It's firstname.lastname at enzoconnect.com. And I'm always open to having chats with anyone in this space. So 
feel free to reach out. <laughs> awesome. We will include that in the show notes. And thank you again so much for coming on. This is, we've been waiting for this episode and it, it just, it was everything we imagined and more. So more, yeah. our, our awesome. listeners uh, felt the same and I'm sure they did, but uh, wish you a very Amazing. happy holidays and we will see you soon. For anybody who's listening, if you want to reach out to Annie and I, you can go to alexandannypodcast.com. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love for you to leave a review on Google or um, Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until next time, thanks everybody. 